Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hi, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Living Open podcast. Today's episode is on living in the paradox of grief and praise and deepening relationship with death with Ash Canty, whose work is housed under Sovereign Spirit Death Care. I also just want to take a moment and say that I'm recording this the Monday after Roe v. Wade was overturned and I don't have anything profound to say. I have nothing to add to the conversation, just a lot of feelings. So yeah, this interview was recorded months ago. This conversation is not about that. Um, But I think that maybe this conversation could be a balm or could feel healing in these times that feel really hard and have been feeling really hard before this decision and feel even harder right now. So. Yeah, sending you all love with all of your feelings too. A little bit about Ash. Ash uses they, he pronouns, and they're a psychic medium, death guide, and spiritual life coach. Their ancestors are indigenous peoples of West Africa, Cherokee, and Blackfoot tribal nation, and white European colonizers. They support others in liberating their souls, deepening relationship with death, and connecting folks with their loved ones on the other side. They're led by spirit, ancestors, and nature in all that they do. Ash creates deep spaciousness for others to be able to step into a non-linear time space to hold others in being with the grief and praise of being alive. After their near-death experience two years ago, they don't take a single moment for granted and live their life on fire, loving the knowing that everything dies. As intense of a topic as this conversation is, it also felt really joyful and really cracked my heart open in a big way, and I was just reminded of that listening back to it, to edit it, um, and just feeling kind of overwhelmed with gratitude for Ash and his work and for being alive too, (laughs) for being alive in all of the complexity and beauty and horror and all of that, that that means. So we get into Asha's journey with healing and spirituality. We talk about deepening our relationships with death and being in connection with death in a way that makes us more alive. We talk about living in the paradox of grief and praise, living with death in mind, being fully in this life and feeling liberation, letting go and being held, and the invitation to continue opening up even when death is inevitable. I hope this episode supports and I also have um, a free meditation on my site that I haven't shared in a long time, but it's a short breathwork practice. Um, And if you're needing a a small free container for some of your feelings and to touch in with your body that might be a place to go so i'll link to it in the description if that feels supportive and here's my conversation with ash 
I would love to start by hearing about your journey with healing and spirituality and how it's brought you to this moment in your life and this amazing work that you do. (sighs) Um, Yeah, it's so thank you. First of all, thank you for having me and, and being here. And yeah, it's just an honor to be here. And I feel like when I'm here in these spaces, I'm also here with like so many of my ancestors and your ancestors, Mm. and I can see them like all coming together in this beautiful way um, to also like hold the space of this conversation. So it feels very sacred to me to Mm. be in the space with you. Um, And yeah, and um, so I'm just feeling into that in this moment. And Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I always think about like, what are all the things that lead up to the moment I'm in now? (laughs) And if I trace back, it's like the wildest (laughs) psychedelic trip of a journey, you know? Like, 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 tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Take us on a trip. Yeah, like, and so, yeah, so I feel like um, what's coming to me is like, to begin, I think it's important to name, you know, um, as a, a Black, chronically ill, queer, um, non-binary being, and all the many other things with my transness and all the things, um, I think, you know, I started off this journey um, being really, really sick. Um, and my chronic illness was a really uh, breakthrough in a lot of ways into this work. And at the time, I didn't see it as that. I was pretty miserable and like very sick. And I was just trying to survive every minute to minute. Um, But about two years ago, I was diagnosed with um, a series of diagnoses all at once out of nowhere. Like I was before that, like hiking and biking and like, just super like on the go, didn't really um, acknowledge the gratitude for my body, for my physical body. Um, I really didn't have an awareness. I was like, oh, it's just, you know, uh, it's, it's here and I like work it to death and it still keeps going and whatever. Like I just didn't have any reverence for this vessel at all. And also this vessel's limits at all. And so it was like an auspicious time of working like I think I had like 10 jobs or something wild. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like hustling and nannying. And like, I was doing all of these things. And I was really working. I was trying to keep up with the pace of capitalism. And my body was just like, no, like so many times it had told me no. And I kept being like, whatever, whatever. And it got to a point where I started really getting sick a lot and often and it was from this like chronic stress and within that um I remember being like I can't do this anymore like I can't carry on the legacy of the hustle of my ancestors like that is something I'm I I literally cannot do like they did it and they suffered and have diseases even today and disabilities and all these things from pushing so hard. Um, And I felt this knowing of my spirit that was like, you can't do that. That's not, you can't do that. Like it ends now. 
And so at the same time as that sort of was coming in, I, um, <laughs> I went on a, a medicine trip with my partner, Drea. And, um, you know, she's, she's so incredible. I feel like she's like a navigator of the mushroom realms, like in a way that like I, when I go into these um, realms, I'm like terrified. Like my first experience, I was like, ah, I'm scared. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And for her, she's like, wow, look at this. Look at this. Like doing backflips, running around. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I can barely, I can barely stand. Right. And, um, and, and I feel, I feel grateful for her because she was like an, an usher in that way. And and a guide in that way of that realm of that first, like big initiation into, um, these mushrooms. And we had taken a very big trip and gone into these sacred woods, um, in the Pacific Northwest. And, I had asked to meet my ancestors was my intention. And I was very serious about it. And in that trip, um, it it was revealed to me after the fact that I was experiencing things that she wasn't experiencing at all, or like other people (laughs) hadn't experienced. And I just thought like, well, this is obviously part of the trip. (laughs) I was, I was noticing like, Oh, I can see you know, the trees are talking and the images, there's maps showing me where to go on the trees. And mm-hmm. I had ancestors coming out of the dirt, out of the ground, their faces coming out and talking to me from the ground. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like I was so overwhelmed. Um, and I had never had any experience like that before. And towards the end of the trip, I remember we got to my car and we were sitting inside my car and there was this mushroom sticker that I had on my dashboard forever. I don't even know. It just was like random sticker and something literally pulled my focus to this sticker. Mm. And as soon as I looked at it, I started to fall into the image. I fell into the image and I could feel myself leaving but both tethered here Mm. and at that time I didn't know this but I was starting to channel and as I dropped in further and further and further I felt like I was falling into this image I saw my grandfather who had been crossed over for some time and he welcomed me and I remember I, I couldn't move. Like my whole body was frozen. And I just re- remember just saying all these words. And my partner was just like staring at me, like taking all the stand and just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like I don't know what to do. And and then as soon as I saw him, this flood of love came through me and I just wept and wept and wept. And I remember feeling like, wow, like, there's not even words for this right now. And he said, welcome. You know, we've been waiting for you. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and I started, I started to, yeah, me, like, what are you talking about? Like, 
And I could see really clearly, you know, when I say see, I see in my mind's eye, like when you're recalling a dream is how I was seeing. I was staring off, but I was way far. And I remember looking around and I actually got overwhelmed. I actually got scared. I got freaked out because I felt like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like this is too much at once. It's it's too much at once. Like I can't, I'm having a hard time. My brain was like unable to hold it. And so he did this amazing thing where he, he started to move the sky with his hands really fast mm. and he, he made it night. And then he brought in a baby deer to sit next to me because he knew, like, I don't even know how he knew this, but he knew that as soon as I saw that I would be calm mm. and I could regulate and I'd be okay. And he kept saying to me, you have to remember to breathe. You're in a body you're in a body, keep breathing. Cause I would hold my breath. Of course. <laughs> Just tense. I don't know, you know, the human body like gripping and I would go, oh. and the more that I breathe, the like deeper we went together. Mm-hmm. And through that journey, he showed me so many things, but one of the biggest things he said is you're going to do this Um, you're going to channel and you're not going to need any psychedelics to do this. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't even know what channeling is like, okay. And I, um, I was, I left that trip, you know, the next day. And I, um, I was freaked out to be honest. I was freaked out. Um, My reality had been pierced Mm -hmm. and I was starting to see the warbling between the realms and it really threw me and I started to question a lot and that threw me and and then and then I just shut it down and I didn't ever talk about it again because I I felt like I couldn't talk about it like there were so many things that I'm like people won't understand they'll think I'm out there and I don't know like and so I shut it all down and I was like no and then six months later I was uh, horribly sick with, uh, fibroids, precancerous polyps in my colon and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome out of nowhere and completely bedridden, uh, wheelchair bound, um, couldn't breathe, couldn't talk like I'm talking now. Um, and I was brought to my knees in despair and depression and sadness that I had never felt before. Um, And I now know that that was part of my initiation because I was being called and then I was saying no. (laughs) Um, And my ancestors are strong. They're like, "Uh uh-uh. And so (laughs) it was like, oh, you thought you had a choice? Mm, no, cute. that was like, that was really cute, real cute. Like, <laughs> so I said, and I, again, I didn't know it. I just saw my body breaking down and my connection to spirit just cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, it was a specific moment of really feeling into that intensity of of that sickness and illness and being at my most challenging moments um 
that I started to really grapple with death and dying. And I started to come to this place of acceptance of that. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to make it another day. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I do know is that there's beauty in and spirit in everything. Like I would find it in the light coming through the window Mm -hmm. or, you know, a little bird coming to perch and just sit there Um, or even just the kindness of a stranger, like helping me with my wheelchair, you know, as I was out and about. And I think those are the moments that were everything. And so, yeah, I feel like that was a big part of my initiation into where I'm at and I it didn't happen overnight you know it was like a year of going through the depths of muck and um just horridness horridness I didn't sleep I I was losing weight every month I was so fragile and frail um and but there was a, a a moment of um a coalescing of things that came to be with my grandmother and my dad and all of these things sort of happening at once that really, um, that really woke me up. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for sharing. What, what a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, your ancestors are really not playing around. They're like, okay, you're going to do this work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I should say that, you know, the, the final push was that I was like, I collapsed one day. I had an episode that was really bad and not soon after I had a dream with my grandmother and Mm. she had come to me in my dream. And um, the way she came was like, I, I came through this portal. And when I came through, there was like, we were in this desert and there was all the sand and these trees and they like were black and like winding up to the sky. And there were all my ancestors there and they were like digging in the sand. And I was like, what is happening? This is a crazy dream. Like, woo. And, and then I remember them saying, look up, like, look up, you know, as we're like digging up these glass balls, they were like, look up to the sky, she's coming. Mm. And I looked up to the sky and the energy of her spirit was coming forth. And I just wept. And she said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to help people transition. Mm. And you're going to do this work with their souls. And I was like, what? And so I got up, you know, um, the next day. And I think it was that day or a few days after I got a call saying that she had passed that night. Mm. And that was her way of um, saying goodbye, but also telling me, like, this is where you're going to go next. Yeah. Wow. I think what's coming up for me is how 
our relationship with death, I feel like in the United States and I mean, especially in like white culture and my like white family anyways, is like, we don't (laughs) talk about it. And then there's like, okay, someone dies. It's very sad. And then there's like a small amount of time where it's fine for you to be sad. And then it's like, you need to get busy. You need to like (laughs) move on. You need to get through it. And I think the work that you do is so sacred because the way that we relate to death, I feel like is I don't want to make it good or bad, but it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess I'm wondering. Yeah, I think like, there's a lot in that. Yeah, I guess I'm wondering like how we can like deepen our relationship with death and like be in connection with death in a way that makes us more alive and not more dead while we're here, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the, the million dollar question, right? Um, yeah. I think, yeah. I, well, I think I can speak from my experience, you know, alone. And, you know, when I was two things, I think one is just like when I was at that threshold, um, of being near death and accepting death and, and feeling the fragility of just like, wow, I am not okay. And I, I can't trust my body. And, um, I'm actually not in control. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing for me because I am a child of childhood trauma where I was a protector always and a, um, adult always and uh you know a a controller always because that's how I survived that was my coping mechanism so it it actually goes against everything that instinctually I have um known to let go and allow and know that nothing I mean what happened to me happened overnight and it happens to people all the time in so many different ways, you know, random illnesses, diagnosis, COVID now. I mean, there's just so many ways that um, our bodies are affected and start to just, you know, uh, deteriorate. Um, And so for me, when I was there, being able to be present with exactly what was Mm -hmm. and what I do now is like what is, is the most important thing. Um, and I do a lot of Zen practice around this Mm. with some of my teachers and it's so relieving to me. (laughs) Like it just allows me to just like, Oh, okay. Right. I'm just here. And I don't know what that means. If I'll be here a day from now, 24 hours from now, a month from now, a year, like I have no idea. But I do know that while I'm here, I really want to be with what is fully. And I know that the worrying or the anxiety around death and dying or it coming or possibly coming, because there's a lot of fear. People don't talk about this, which is like Mm -hmm. something I'm always wanting to bring out. (laughs) Honestly, it can, um, 
it can drive your life in a really harmful way, or it can infuse your life in a really griefy praise way. And that's where I'm really walking people into is it's not like, yay, death, you know, like, or ooh, death. It's like, it's not binary, right? Yeah, it's still yeah. not binary. It's very for me. And I think that my biggest thing is like, it's okay for it not to feel okay because if it feels oh, un, ungood to you, if it feels like sad, if it feels hard, if it feels like, you know, grief filled, that's good. It means you have a life that you've lived that you don't want to leave. You know, what could be more powerful than that? And it's, and it's, I think, living in the crux of that paradox is constantly where I'm at. You know, when, when things are really good, I take them in and I feel them. And then I also bring myself back to the grounding knowing of, and I will die too. And this will die too. And you will die too. Yeah. And just pausing with that. Oh, just brings up the emotion. I can feel them coming now, you know, just the emotions of, wow, I am just so grateful to be here, to be experiencing whatever it is I'm experiencing, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. Yeah. Because we're still in it to even experience it. So a lot of the work that I do with people, especially in death coaching, is being able to slow it down and and then locating, like, where does this fear of death live in me? If Mm -hmm. I were to, like, put it somewhere on my body, like, where would it be? You know, for some people, it's like here, which <laughs> is like a very intense place, you know, like, <laughs> like gripping yeah. at them, right? Like yeah. there, right? Or the low back or the belly, you know, um, and then being able to allow that part to speak and allow that part to say, I'm really afraid. I'm really scared. And it's like, what are you afraid of? You know, I'm afraid I haven't fully lived. Oh, whoa. Yeah. You know, and then from there, how do we live into that place? Mm-hmm. What would it look like to fully live then? Right. Because then the fear of death isn't controlling you, but you're allowing it to infuse your life mm-hmm. and then that's where you can live in this paradox this crux of grief and praise and there's less gripping mm-hmm. there's less gotta hold on can't go you know and and the feeling is you can feel it it's mm-hmm. quite intense and I felt it right it's mm-hmm. like no not Um, and then when we can allow and it's a practice you know it's not like overnight or something it's like 
every day, if you do a little bit of this death work, a little bit, you know, I start off with um, having someone just look at an object and know that like, it will not be there someday. Right. And then moving on to like a pet and then moving on to a loved one and then moving on to even you can do it in nature and in trees. Like I will not be here. Some of these trees will outlive me. Right. Like, whoa. And just really allow yourself that continuous drop in so that it's threaded throughout your life. What I see sometimes at the end of life is just this immense anxiety and gripping because for their whole life they haven't even wanted to go there and so it all comes exploding out it's not like you know it's like sometimes it's you know a very peaceful experience and this is not it's like a mess and a shit show and it's like all the things that were never felt are coming out and like then we have to be with those right and and that's okay too but there's a way to sort of allow that in and little things right now in little buckets. Mm-hmm. And so that when it comes to that time or even the time of someone else who's transitioning or suddenly transitions, because that happens all the time too, there's a way that we can be with it that's somatically integrated for our whole being that allows us to feel the death and be with the grief and then also feast from it to be with it and to remember all the gifts of it and that's something that our culture the so-called U.S. doesn't do very well you know, a lot of cultures around the world, and you know, my, my ancestors, even some of your ancestors, our ancestors way, way back, like they knew how to do this. They knew how to be with this. They had someone who took care of the body and someone who prepared other things and ointments and someone who did the shrouding. And, you know, there, it was a very hands-on ritual experience so that it could also be integrated in such a powerful way in such a knowing way so that we live with death in mind Mm. and in body rather than as a way far away destination. It's just a part of being here. So I don't know if I answered your question. I went like all over the place, but those are some of the ways that I think about death and just how to be with it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel so touched and just like quietly stunned by (laughs) your words. I feel like they're really landing in a soft part of me. I just, it just all feels so true, you know, and Mm. I've been sharing this quote on this podcast a lot that has really been resonating with me over this past year. Um, I don't remember who said it, but someone said, you're only as alive as you are open to being annihilated. And I feel like mm. that's just so true. Like I spent a lot of my life feeling fine, just a straight yeah. line, just like fine. And now I look at that and I'm like, 
I was not alive. And now I don't feel fine at all. And I feel so deeply alive. And like, I want to be open to feeling heartbreak and being destroyed and feeling all of the beauty and joy and love and connection that's here. And like, I can't feel all of those things and really be in them while I'm cutting off this idea of everything changes Mm. and all things will die and all things will change, including me and every relationship I have and everything around me. Um, And I feel like the way you're talking about feels so full spectrum of a life. Like that's a full life. That's a real life to be able to live with death in mind. Like you said, Um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And to like, let that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, I feel like there's this thought that it's like, it's morbid to think about death or, you know, it's just like, it's not polite or like it should be like put put away and I think that's so harmful for us yeah yeah I mean there's so much and like yeah there's so many um there's a lot of like brainwashing around it too right like it's gross and morbid and there's like movies and films about it it's like what the it's just it, it makes it sort of scary like Halloween in the same way when in the same token, almost when you talk about like mediumship and spirits, it's like, it's the same thing. People are like, Ooh, spooky, scary, you know, like haunted. It's like, there's only like Halloween. Right. And when we think about it and I think it's the same with death, it's like, Ooh, creepy, gross. Like that's, that's like, you know, not worthy. Like don't talk about that at dinner. Like that's, that's going to turn everyone off. Um, And I find that interesting because it's, again, I think it has a lot to do with, the whiteness of our culture too, of it's not uh, palatable, mm-hmm. you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't talk about it. It's not palatable. I don't, I don't, that's not what we talk about. We only talk about mm-hmm. the good and there's a lot of just whitewashing in that way. It's just like, mm, you know, actually those are the real things, right? Those are the the things that are underneath the surface that no one talks about. And whether we, the interesting thing is whether we talk about them or not, they turn up, uh, underneath and they come out sometimes in ways of depression of anxiety of drinking of mm-hmm. uh, all of these behaviors because we're trying to cope with the underneath of what's actually there you know mm-hmm. so much of my life um i used so many substances to not touch into what was real mm-hmm. you know so much of my life was spent like okay I'm just gonna like party it away or number away or like all the things and like uh I'll be fine you know I don't want to feel all those things that are really hard because that's really scary and like it feels out of control and yet it is the the key to feeling liberation and and my feeling you know it is the key to being fully in this life and this human experience because why else are we here like we're (laughs) like we're here to feel you know and to um and to be in these vessels and it's all very interesting and fun and you know I think when I hear from um spirits on the other side like that's a big thing too is really feeling into oh yeah we're embodied for a reason and Mm -hmm. when we're in this other form, when they talk to me and tell me what they're doing, 
it is not in a body. <laughs> it has nothing to do with a body or yeah. smelling or tasting or sense. None of that. It's so different. It's amazing. It's just wildly different than what we're in now. So mm-hmm. I think what you're speaking to is like really landing about just what is it to fully be here? And, and can we keep opening ourselves up to that in each moment when we live in a culture and a society that's constantly trying to make us forget? And trying to make us go so fast that we like are distracted from tapping back in to feeling that, that tuned in this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm curious to, to hear too, like, do you, when you talked about our ancestors knowing how to do death, right? And have ritual around death. Is that something that you support people with now, like doing ritual around death and dying and, and also living too? (laughs) Yeah. So I, yeah. So I was doing um, in-person death care um, Mm -hmm. before like the start of the pandemic. And then the pandemic has really shifted me being able to show up in person um, with other bodies. I think it, it will eventually shift, but with the iterations of each like (laughs) virus, it's like, it becomes difficult. Um, so now I work with people in working through death, um, through coaching, um, and then creating daily rituals and practices around that. So a lot of people come to me wanting to Um, do just what we're talking about, really threading it more into their daily existence Mm -hmm. and integrating it in the mind, the body, and the spirit. Um, And a lot of the ways that I teach that is being able to, because I teach what I know, like I started working from my body and my nervous Mm -hmm. system is very sensitive. (laughs) And um, because of the chronic illness I have, my nervous system is actually at the crux of everything. Like if my nervous system is out of whack, nothing, everything's going down. Like (laughs) that's just how it is. So I have learned, you know, over the years, these practices of how to really regulate first the body and then going into the mind where all of our lovely uh, animal brain, limiting thoughts, Mm. blocks, beliefs, like all these things live. And then going into the spirit. And when we talk about death, being able to connect with more than just ourselves, connecting more with ancestors, with um, spirits that are on the other side who want to support us in not feeling alone. Because that's another thing is that people feel like they're alone in their death process or they're alone in talking about death. And, and they're also afraid that no one's going to be there when they die. I've heard that like so many times, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go alone. Like I love people. I have people around me all the time. And I, and it's quite the opposite. Like there are so many people to greet everyone, like people mm-hmm. you don't even know. <laughs> they're like all of these spirits standing there And every time someone crosses, like, it's like a threshold of all of this love and all of this care. And some spirits are from spirits from different lifetimes, even, that you then remember once you cross over, like, oh, my gosh, you. And so it's this 
it's this beautiful process. And my, my hope and my dream is to guide people in a way that when they are at that threshold, there's less fear because they've established a foundation of trust with their body, their mind and their spirit. And then also knowing, oh, I'm already connected. I already feel that mm-hmm. connecting. Yes, I can trust that. I know that's there. And that's a lot of the work that I do is really removing that fear mm-hmm. um, and helping to go into the mystery and the unknown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I think of it as like, you know, lighting the candle and then walking in the woods. And I, I'm like, okay, you know, here we go. You know, we're going to, we're going to go step by step and we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. You know, people are like, well, you must know everything because you talk to dead people all the time. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> There's a lot that I don't. And, uh, and I'm glad because, you know, uh, I don't think my human brain could contain it. You know, um, I've been shown that many times. There's things that just blow my mind that I, I have no words for. And I, it's only like this much of the universe. So I think that a lot of it is going back to trusting and allowing in these processes around death mm-hmm. and how much can you be with the unknown? Um, and that's another thing that I work with people in rituals is um, allowing rituals. You know, how mm-hmm. much can you let go? How much can you be held by something? You know, I have them go and be with a tree and let the tree hold them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how much can they grieve and let this tree just like hold their grief? You know, how much can they put their feet in the water of the river and just allow the river to pull the grief out of them and the fears? Can mm-hmm. they let that go? And for some people, that's extremely difficult. Um, because they're clenching so hard and they're afraid like, Ash, if I let go, I'm just going to like not stop. I'm just going to like cry myself into oblivion and I won't be okay. And what they find is on the other side of that, you know, when the tears kind of stop flowing, there's a peace. Mm. There's a, I'm okay with not being okay-ness. And that's what we're really going for is can I be okay with not being okay? Can I be here? And I think that groundingness is really helpful when we want to go further or walk further into death, into these processes. Yeah. Yeah, I just keep thinking how everything you're saying is like when we can learn how to do these things, how much it helps us live more, like being able to allow and connect with, be okay with the unknown and mystery and learning how to let go and let things die. Like that's not just about when we die or someone (laughs) dies. That's like, that changes like your whole life and the way you relate to like everyone and everything around you. And that's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the really amazing thing, right? It's like, when I decided that I'm going to 
not only love death and accept death, but I'm going to let it infuse my life. Like at, at, at every moment, like I'm to the point where like my partner's like, Oh my gosh, why are you saying this? You know, but this is just how I am now. Like I can't, yeah. I can't unknow what I know. Right. And I can't not walk my talk. And so, you know, even I just, um, again, it's like anything happens, we'll, we'll have a moment together, her and I, and I'll just look at her and be like, wow, you know, like, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're gonna die someday, you know, like, this isn't gonna be here forever. I'm not gonna be here forever. And like, fuck, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to let that go. And yet, I'm so freaking grateful. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that's, the really, um, that's the allowing, that's the allowing. And the gift of that is that we then live in a culture that not only is, is, uh, death positive, but also is allowing the full spectrum of feeling. Mm. And that, that is a good thing. Yeah. That I think there's so much around that of, you know, especially even in my ancestors who were um, healers and witches and and uh, shamans and, and people who were persecuted for um, having emotions or having high feelings or, or you know, energies or whatever. Um, and, and we can look at history. Oh, my gosh. Hysteria mm-hmm. and all of these ways that women were persecuted for uh being hysterical when they were just feeling emotions, when they were processing something really big, you know, some of the work I do is, um, and this is funny because spirits will bring this through in in a healing reading for someone to do. And, um, a lot of the things are, uh, they want them to primal scream Mm -hmm. and unlock their voice again. And the power in, feeling our feelings and expressing them mm-hmm. is just, you know, and, 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 and it's, it can be so tight in especially white supremacist culture to just abide and stay and small and be okay and be fine. And, mm-hmm. and it's so stifling. And so I think that's a big part of it is within the death is also just this living and how expansive we can be in our living and ourself and the way that we live and walk and talk and feel and breathe and then celebrate each other, right? Like, what does that look like? Like, I want to live there, you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. And what you're saying about that conversation with your partner is making me think about my own partner and we're sort of going through this experience now with the grandparents who are you know getting a lot older and having a lot of health issues and we're spending more time with them because we you know we we know what's coming and I've been and their grandparents started dating when they were 15 and 16 and now they're like eight late 80s um and I've been thinking so much about how like I want to be with my partner for as long as we're alive and that we're both going to die someday. And that feels heartbreaking. And I'm like, and so part of me is like, well, you could, you know, love them less. So that wouldn't hurt. And then a much bigger part of me is like, 
I'm going to love them more. Like, because of that, I'm going to love them so much more. And this so much more and be so here for this and like, trust this and be so present for this because I know it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's so beautiful. Like that to me is so brave too. It's like courageous to keep opening up, even though, you know, the ultimate, like that to me, is just like, I just get chills, right? Like hearing you say that and, and feeling like, yeah, that is the invitation. Like, can you know that death is inevitable, that we will not all die at the same time as much as we'd love to? Like, I want to be yeah. like around everyone holding hands and then all die. Ready, go. You know, like, yeah. actually, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. And so we will leave each other at different times. And when I really live into that, you know, and that's my, that's a practice for me every single day. I practice that, you know, because there are times where I get distracted by the little things. Like mm-hmm. it's very human to get upset, right? There, your partner could do something or mm-hmm. something could happen. You're like, <laughs> you know, the human is just like ready to go. The primal brain is ready to go. Ready to uh-huh. ready to, and then, and then um, I find myself just being able to sit like I am now and coming back to a moment like that and remembering a moment like that and then going back into whatever we just came from or whatever's mm-hmm. happening with whomever, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's so wild. Like I remember so many times in my life where it was like everything I was nitpicking and mm-hmm. so intense on and controlling mm-hmm. and, and it all mattered. And, and then when it comes down to it and it not saying nothing matters, but when it comes down to it, the things that really do, they're actually like, they're very simple and they're all figure outable. Mm-hmm. I like to say, mm-hmm. um, and it just becomes really clear, like, Oh, I just want to love you to the end. And this is really hard. And I, I'm, you know, wanting to, to also feel this is really hard and the expansiveness, this is going to end. Yeah. This is going to end. Right. And that change your whole life. <laughs> change your whole life. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Ash, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for this conversation. I'm like, my heart feels so light and full, which I feel like is kind of funny because we're talking about death but then it's like that's the that's exactly what we're talking about (laughs) yes yes that's the exact feeling I feel so light and full to um grief and praise in this moment and I just so grateful to be able to yeah have this time with you um within all that we're talking about right it's really special to have this blip of time in this moment so thank you yeah, thank you. I want to ask you the last question I always ask on this show, which is just because the name of the podcast is Living Open. What does living open mean to you? What comes up when you hear that? <sighs> living open to me. Hmm. I think living open to me means 
really being open to what is mm. each moment. Yeah. And just allowing, like how much can I allow each moment to just be whatever it is, even when it's hard? Because there's always something to learn mm. and there's always something to experience in that. And that's enough. Can you tell people where they can find you and how they can work with you? Yes, um, you can find me, <coughs> excuse me, on Instagram at Sovereign Spirit Death Care. And you can find me um, online at SovereignSpiritDeathCare.com. And yeah, I'm really excited. I just launched uh, the program, uh, liberate your soul round two, which is very exciting. <laughs> and we had a winter cohort, which was phenomenal mm. watching people just expand and grow in their power and liberation and their spiritual gifts. And so we're starting up, um, as of yesterday for the second cohort for fall. Mm. So there's a few spaces left and I'm just so excited excited and like yeah, I can't even I'm gonna fall off my chair um, and I, also just, <laughs> I work with people in discrete individual coaching right now for death coaching as well as spiritual life coaching and you can find that on my website as well. amazing thank you so much for sharing I'm like yeah I feel so grateful I'm gonna go after we get off uh, the zoom go talk to my partner and tell them literally everything we just talked about so we can process it together <laughs> I just appreciate you so much I appreciate you too thank you so much this was amazing yeah. and wonderful it just like filled my cup and my heart so mm. much thank you so much for listening if you loved this episode please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on i appreciate it so so much and it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show with an indie podcast you can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description and i'll be back on monday with another episode make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.